0: This is Practice, Practice with Krista and Kayla, a podcast in which we talk about practice and practice, practice of various kinds. All the times we had of we would have
1: Welcome back to another episode. This week we're talking about bedtimes. So Kayla, you came nice to time. me. Mm. Bedtimes are are tough. We dislike bedtimes. And you sent me an article from the New York Times that has a good And I love these articles. I've read so many of the same article telling me the same things I should do to have a good bedtime and I have listened to many things. And so we'll get into this in more detail later, but we figured we'd start this episode by kind of talking about the research around sleep that's out there that we've seen and what our goals for our bedtime routine has been as we've tried to change them the past few weeks.
0: We have this, uh, this one article that we're kind of... <laughs> referring to that. I mean, there's so many articles like this, but um, this particular one is in the New York Times. Um, It came out in March 25th, so right when we were going into lockdown. Um, It's called How to Get More Sleep Tonight. Um, It's written by Adam Popescu. Um, And basically, basically what it's talking about is like creating uh, and maintaining a, a consistent sleep practice and schedule um that works for you so that you can get good sleep and be healthy and well and <laughs> keep the anxiety at bay and all the good stuff with bedtimes
1: Oh the anxiety
0: So some of these tips are like um set a hard curfew for all electronics uh you know stay informed but don't look at the news right before bed I'm just reading like the subheaders from this mm-hmm. um Uh, Move your body, raise your heart rate every day, um, but not too soon before bedtime. um, Try some meditation. (laughs) Don't eat before bed. Don't drink yourself to sleep. um, Take a bath or a shower an hour and a half before bed. Get into clean, nice sheets. Love Um, clean sheets. Those are some of the tips for, apparently, it's like, Real important that you sleep. <laughs> so, according to this article, um, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine recommends seven to eight hours of sleep a night. Um, I'm quoting from this from this article. A 2015 study found a direct link between shorter sleep times and an increased risk of getting a cold for healthy adults aged. 18 to 55, Um, specifically those sleeping less than five hours or between five and six hours had a greater likelihood of catching a virus than those sleeping for seven hours a night. Um, The science is simple. A good night's sleep supports the release and production of cytokine, a protein that helps the immune system quickly respond to antigens, um, foreign foreign substances which cause the body's immune response to kick in according to uh, Dr. Medley. So, um, apparently, uh, missing as little as 16 minutes of sleep tonight could harm your cognitive functioning tomorrow, um, since shifting sleep rhythms can slow or speed up our body's internal clocks, um, which basically has the same effect as not getting enough sleep. Which is crazy
1: to me how much we rely on like unplugging and becoming comatose or unconscious every single day
0: yeah yeah pretty crazy we gotta we gotta man. we have to we have to power down um and it's it's yeah. really interesting to me like in this in this article i mean i think the first header it says is like a, you know uh maintaining a sleep practice like I'd never thought of sleeping or bedtimes as a kind of a practice but just a sort of like a thing that you have to do and eventually succumb to sleep every night (laughs) and not as like a thing that you should you know nurture and sustain and do intentionally yeah
1: that I mean I we've had this focusing on our bedtime as a as a assignment for our practice-based podcast but I hadn't even thought of that I don't think I'd read the headline And I think that's a shift in how I frame going to sleep that I need to do. Because, I mean, looking at this also, something that really stuck out to me, other than the quote that you just pulled out, which is, we are so sensitive to how much sleep we're getting, is just that like setting curfews for things is really important. And that's really hard for me. and something that is like I'm really good at being like, all right, my phone's not going to be in here. I'm not going to have screens. I'm not going to like things where it's has to do with more like physical things going in a different place than the bedroom. I've got that on lock. Saying, oh, it's time to go to bed. My body's like, no, 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 no.
0: So what, not right okay, now. So how how would you describe like your your current? Well, okay, so. <laughs> Your your sleep practice before our like this assignment that we've given ourselves for the past couple of weeks. My bedtime
1: before we decided to discuss our bedtimes and try to improve upon them. um, Very much no screens. I have no TV in my bedroom. I don't allow my laptop in there, except for during the day if I'm like watching a YouTube video and decide to clean my closet. Then I'll bring my laptop in there are, ex- there are always exceptions to the rules um, and I started at the beginning of quarantine taking CBD tinctures every night to help with sleep um, which I found just to help with like the soundness of sleep and getting to bed I've been a chronic insomniac for as long as I can remember I'm like someone who just stays up late and gets bursts of energy late at night and then my body just wants to wake up late. So it's kind of always in a state of, like, trying to course correct that to fit in with society. Um, but even before we did this, I started doing morning meditation classes. And that was getting me up. And then my bedtime was weird because I would all of a sudden was getting really sleepy at, like, 11 o'clock at night. Um, and we would just kind of, like, fall asleep. And I also hadn't had anything... The beginning of quarantine and something that I wanted to, like, course correct away from was reading the news right before bed. I would bring my phone into bed with me and would just be on a, like, death scroll. There's a, like, internet term for it now that I can't remember. Um, but a death scroll or an anxiety scroll, it's something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, so that's kind of how I would fall asleep. And there weren't many books or anything that I was... Um, really catch I wasn't even able to read at the beginning of quarantine I just like couldn't focus um so I mean I answered your question and then kind of teased where what my bedtime goals were for the past two weeks
0: well I think what I've realized is that I did not have a bedtime practice I didn't yeah I didn't have one before the you know this before we started talking about this stuff. Um, And I didn't have one growing up. Like, I didn't have a... I never had a routine. Um, And for the past few months, it was just, like, uh, sleep... You know, bedtime... Going to bed was just a kind of eventuality of the day when I I couldn't finally continue to outrun (laughs) bedtime. (laughs) Like, it just was a... It was like a, a, a thing that I knew was supposed to happen, but that I wasn't like uh, doing in, intentionally, like, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, I like got in bed and did the, you know, brushed my teeth and washed my face and, and you know, did the, got into pajamas. It wasn't like I was falling asleep standing up, but it was like a, a thing that I knew I had to do, but it was always with dread. Um, yeah, yeah, so I think I realized, like, I do not have a bedtime practice. Um, and so this past couple of weeks has been a really nice little, like, experiment in, in trying on a bedtime practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not, it's not like the rigorous, like, um, I don't, I don't do all the things, but, but, um, the one thing that I, I've discovered is melatonin. I love melatonin. Melatonin is bae. Melatonin has changed it all for me. It has changed everything. And I know this isn't necessarily like a, a, a bedtime practice, but for me it has is, it is, it is enabled a practice. Um, <laughs> That's important, the nice. things that
1: enable a practice. Yeah, God, melatonin. Yeah, I've never tried melatonin. I got to get on that that train. Oh, it's
0: so good. It just you just are sleepy. It just makes you sleepy, and it's so <laughs> nice. It's like, um, yeah. So so what I've I've started doing um, every night consistently is. I will around and we, we talked about this earlier, but also like getting ourselves into bed earlier and like giving ourselves actual designated wind down time because mm-hmm. like, for me, it, it was always this pattern I was in of like it would get to a point where I had you know watched x number of uh, TV episodes, and it would be like 11 pm and I could play the next, I could, you know, press the next button on the episode, uh, or I could like get my ass to bed and I would always just let it, I would just let it happen. Like just let it autoplay. And, uh, and it would be this kind of like sabotaging thing that kept happening where I was just like, well, I, I'm, you know, whenever I lie down and close my eyes, I, all of the anxiety that I've been pushing away, it comes up and I don't, want it. So I will just distract myself and consume TV and stay awake watching the TV until it gets to a point, not that I'm so tired, but that it's, it's late enough that I recognize that like, I'm going to be fucked up tomorrow. And then I Mm -hmm. I have to go to bed and now I feel guilty about it because I did a bad thing and stayed up too late. And so now Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's now it's really late and I have to go to sleep. And I know that I have to go to sleep, but I'm not tired. And so it would just always be this, like, um, yeah, it was, like, this really guilt-ridden task that I knew that I had to go to sleep, but I so didn't want to. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That rings a
1: bell for me. I think because I have not succeeded and I have been kind of in that, like, guilt spiral the past maybe, like, week or so of just kind of, like, I'll do my, like, face washing routine, get into my pajamas, like, fill up my water bottle, do the things that are, like, not in my bedroom that is, like, to get ready for bed, and then I'll, like, lay on my couch with my phone and, like, start scrolling through something. Um, And it leads to that same, like, guilt of, like, oh, fuck, now I'm at a place of, like, I'm going to feel worse tomorrow or I might oversleep my alarms tomorrow, like... I'm a chronic alarm oversleeper. Like, I just, my body does not hear them. <laughs> I'm a deep sleeper, I guess. Um, but that guilt is really interesting to me of, like, our ability to, like, withstand that guilt or almost, like, need it in order to take action. Um. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not like a super nice motivator to have, but it's the the one that I have for most things that I do. (laughs) Uh, But for bedtime, I remember discussing. So discussing this with you, um, like my, I think my main goal the past couple of weeks was just to like, like create a bedtime that I would enjoy, like Mm -hmm. create a nice bedtime for myself, like tuck myself in, (laughs) Um, instead of like do it. Yeah. And <gasps> yeah, yeah. I mean, I would like so I will like get into bed. Um I don't know. It's I think the me- the melatonin has really <laughs> I'm like really in love with it. Um mm-hmm. I will like I will get into bed all cozy having done, you know, skincare and pajamas and feeling like I'm I'm a baby and I'm ready to go to sleep <laughs> and and i kind of like trust i ha, i like sort of surrender the the fight of having to you know oh well it's time to go to sleep but what if i'm not tired and then the anxiety comes up and um and instead i'm just like mm. i will be tired i will be tired mm-hmm. and i will go to sleep melatonin will take care of me and <laughs> so i just i'm like melatonin is now my parent and that is tucking mm. me in and i and i will like get into bed i will you know uh i will i will Take the the melatonin gummies and I will chew them really mindfully, really you know slowly and mindfully. And then we have these like lamps that will dim on a time on a timer, um, mm-hmm. and so it becomes this sort of like countdown to night night. <laughs> <where>, like uh, <laughs> I get I get in bed and the lights are are they're slowly dimming and the me- melatonin is slowly kicking in and I just do crossword puzzles on my phone and I know mm. that's not allowed New York Times but i uh they're your crossword puzzles it's yeah i need to do my crosswords and (laughs) i do my crosswords and as i'm doing them and getting sleepier and sleepier it just it just happens and then i'm sleepy Mm. and then and then i go to sleep (laughs) it's so nice and now i really enjoy it i'm like ah i look forward to it and it's not like a struggle and I think it's literally, very little has changed except for the fact that I'm now taking melatonin. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if this counts as like I've created a practice, but now, I don't know. I, I enjoy it now. What have you done? <laughs> to, so how did you um, change your your bedtime practice this past couple weeks? So
1: I, uh, in the first week, I left my phone in another room to stop the news scroll spiral of doom. (laughs) Um, I love it. I love not looking at the news. And now my news consumption is more limited. But I feel fine with that right now because the anxiety that comes with the state of the world is so paralyzing. Um, that I know it's just not productive for
0: me. Um, right. It's it's not like it's not like you're you're not trying to like stay in a bubble of n- not total ignorance of what's going on in the world. But do you have do you have to consume that information before bed? No, not at all. <laughs> not a good time for it.
1: <laughs> no, and I don't want to do that when I wake up in the morning either. And like that would also be something I would like reach for and do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did that and I'm very happy with that. I also started reading because we talked about last week um, our routines from childhood and kind of I never thought of that as being a template for a routine now. Now I'm not commuting. um, That was the place where I had transferred all of my reading once I moved to New York. So... And I like love reading on the subway, but now that I don't have that, I wasn't reading, and just was kind of like I don't know how to read anymore. What happened? So I instituted a, a pre bedtime reading time, which was going great. But then I decided to read A Little Life, which is a very depressing book that is just a book of trauma. It is seven hundred plus pages of really bad child abuse. Um, And I, it was so sad, and every time I picked it up, I was like, I have to finish this, like, scene. I can't leave this open-ended, but I need to know what happens. Like, this is so sad. Um, And the book is very well written. It really, like, pings into a lot of, like, nostalgia things about, it's just, don't read it.
0: Definitely don't I, read I, it. I don't. I don't plan to. <laughs> Good. I don't. It's... I don't like to consume uh, media that makes me feel things. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Have um, are, Have you finished it?
1: I finished it, but I ended up staying up until like two a.m. a few nights because I was just like, I need to keep reading, and it, it, like, it's kind of rare that you find a book that makes you want to stay up and also makes you sad. And I mean, it was a bit of a relief to be like oh, I'm feeling sad about something not current state of the world. Um, and now I'm reading. So I finished that, and my bedtime routine was kind of, or the time of which I would go to bed was, like, all out the window, and, like, I'd screwed up my schedule, and, like, it's always hard to get back into a time, especially, like, for me, sleep. someone who sleeps through alarms, like, getting up with my alarm is something that I've always struggled with. Um, so there's no necessary, like, feedback or nothing to kind of like kickstart the routine that I want and then I started reading a book by Atesha Moshfi who's a talented writer but her stories are there's always something really surreal and often disturbing in them she wrote my year of rest of relaxation and then this one is death in her hands and it's just making me really sad it's a big bummer like I thought it was gonna be like a fun murder mystery, and it like kind of is, but it's also just not. Like a spoilers. Like hit fast forward ten seconds if you want to read the book, but like it's just about an old woman kind of losing her mind after her husband dies when she's living alone, and I, I'm, and it's also about how like America sucks and. So I like get to bed and I'm like, all right, I'm really happy to be reading, but oh, this is a bummer and I just want to read it. But now I'm just kind of like agitated from this. (laughs) So maybe I just need to stick to reading like interior design magazines before bed (laughs) because I love reading or like having a book in my hands. Yeah, I think that
0: you should have a pleasure have, like, yeah. incorporate pleasure into into bedtime. Not that, like, there can't necessarily be pleasure in, in you know, painful literature, um, but, you know, sometimes you want kind of dumb art to consume and not yeah. serious art, <laughs> I say, as a maker <laughs> of sometimes pretty serious art. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean... It can it uses a lot of it can be exhausting and and not in a not in a sleepy nice bedtime way but in like a yeah. having to do extra yeah to to make up I mean I don't know there there are people my my partner for one who like will watch a TV show together and or a movie and a bad sad thing happens in it and then we go to sleep and I'm like still crying about the thing and I'm thinking about it all night and I'm like oh but but that thing happened to that person and he's like no it didn't it was fictional it did not happen and it didn't even happen to you even if it did happen <laughs> so like go to it's fine and I I'm just like will be consumed by like the feelings and experience of a fictional character and so I like it's too I don't know, my brain is too permeable for mm. for f- yeah, for like consuming art and literature and the you know, media that that like matters and <laughs> is real. Yeah. I need like dumb stuff. Yeah. Like, dumb and nice. Yeah.
1: I'm wondering, like, I love my, another friend of mine is reading the biography of Eve Babbitt's. And have you read anything by her? Mm-mm. This is becoming a an episode also about books. It is. Um, yeah. Which I'm fine with because I love books. They bring, they do bring me so much joy. Um, I don't really read
0: book. Hmm. Books. I don't really read books. <laughs> book. Plural.
1: <laughs> um... I love, like, an Eve Babbitt's because it's just about, like, L.A. and sunshine and sleeping with rock stars. And, like, it sh- I love I love a book that's, like, depositing you into a world that I'm probably a little nostalgic for aesthetically. And then just, like, you, you go into that world, you're like, ah, yes, beach time. I am soaking up my vitamin D. Now it's time for bed. How wonderful. Mm. Um I I and then I guess I happen to reach for opposite books hmm. while trying to focus on bedtime. But yeah, I'm the same way. I also, I mean, I've always been such a big book reader, and I remember reading like something that was written in a southern accent, and I started thinking in a southern accent when I was reading this book. I think it was, it was a Faulkner book. I was reading it. It was assigned in high school, and I remember just being on a road trip reading it and being like, I. I'm thinking in a southern accent now, this is weird, like, but that, like, I think it's that same kind of, like, permeable to the stories that, like, are mm. really captivating to us, mm. which can affect bedtime negatively.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I I don't think that I'm a person who finds reading relaxing. It's, like, mm. stimulating. It's in in the same way that TV or films or, you know, Yeah, like any story, Mm. I think, um, will not make me sleepy. It will make me want to know the rest of the thing that happens. Um, Mm. And so I – it's – what I have found nice to read before bed is, like, um, boring nonfiction stuff. Yes. Yeah, like – and I'm not talking about, like, smart nonfiction – like no history, you know, but like yeah. in the kind of like, um, like for example, uh, by my bed is um, the gift. Do you know that book? Um, I think it I talks read about... that in
1: middle school.
0: It's neat. Um, it was it was uh, gifted to me, and it's <laughs> about you know uh, gift giving cultures and oh. like how gifts function in various types of societies and um and then it kind of ends up or pivots to I'm not all the way through it but it's it's really about actually it's about like creativity and creative practices and um and how uh uh creativity like or inspiration or or art um comes from kind of um is itself a gift that is given to us and then we then pass it on. The gift mm. cycle mm. of gift. I don't know. Creativity. Like that. that sounds nice. Gift give Yeah. Well, the, here's the thing. It's pretty good for falling asleep. <laughs> so I don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not paying super good attention to it because I'm like also falling asleep. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the thing with nonfiction books. For me, is that reading them before bed, I just, like, am not excited. So it's not a – for me, the act of, like, reading in bed is a treat and something to look Mm -hmm. forward to and something Mm -hmm. to motivate me to get into bed. But for nonfiction, that motivation mostly disappears. (laughs) Right, right, right. But this is all making me think that maybe – I should be more intentional in the books I read before bed because I think it's something that I've always loved and always will love, um, and just being mindful of of when I read certain books or if I pick up a book and I'm interested in it and then
0: it's super activating and sad. Yeah, I exactly. Can read that during the daytime. Well, exactly. I mean, it's it's just like you're you're now kind of um, being mindful about your consumption of like the news and and yeah. media. And it's the same kind of activation as like reading a really stimulating or a really sad or a really like triggering book. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: That's so. An have you been?
0: huh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's not just read. I mean, reading. It's like you read your the stuff on your phone. Like you read yeah. the news, but it's you know, not in and of itself like a relaxing treat. It's yeah. It's like, you know, the things that you decide to put in front of your face to consume. Yeah. Yeah. And to create a nice bedtime atmosphere. Yes. Yes.
1: I will say, not having screens in my bed, I now, if I lay down in bed during the day, I get so sleepy. I feel like I've done it long enough mm. that I get the Pavlovian response of like, oh, the bed is for sleeping. And when you lay down in the bed, it is for, mm. even if I can't fall asleep when I'm taking a nap, it is for, like, relaxation and, like, mind calmness. Turn
0: oh, yeah. That's that's a whole thing. I mean, I think that's what they call, like, sleep hygiene, I say, mm-hmm. with with air quotes. Like, sleep hygiene, that, like, your bed is only for bed stuff, not <laughs> for table stuff and not for like then it's just it's just for it's just for bed stuff (laughs) (laughs) and and that you keep you keep it only for bed stuff and Mm -hmm. that and i think that also includes like working and and screens Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yes so i i am good at sleep hygiene i have room for improvement in bedtime practice
0: yeah, I think this is like for me. It's just been a first step in like beginning a bedtime practice or like mm-hmm. creating one from out of nowhere. But yeah. So, do you keep your phone like in a different room? I keep it. I, rooms in my apartment are
1: are a, are a loose term. There are no yeah. like real doors here except for the front door. Um, but I keep it in my living room on my like desk. The table I'm sitting at now, it's my desk slash dining table. Um, Right now it is covered in stuff, and I really want to clean it. Um, But so I just keep it out here. It's kind of where I keep my laptop. Um, When I come out and meditate in the morning, it's, like, right next to – I have a bunch of plants in my windowsill, and I'll sit in front of that. So, like, I can kind of also, like, check my phone, but, like, not necessarily get, like, lost in the scroll when Mm. I sit down to meditate, uh, which I like as well.
0: Nice to. So. So. Okay. So then. And then you have like. You, ha- you have non phone alarms for waking up in the morning. Two. Um,
1: so even when I had my phone next to me, it means I would have three separate alarm machines. Um, I have the light alarm clock, which is the most life changing thing. Um, I'm like least likely to sleep through that. Um, and then I have a Sonos that's in my living room next to my couch which is also very close to the foot of my bed. And that will play I have a morning playlist that plays for like 2 hours every morning. Mm, I'm very burpy.
0: So very can you describe like like nitty gritty logistics of mm-hmm. your bedtime. So <laughs> I just I'm just I just want to get right into it. So I love this. So you now, at some point, you have kind of an alarm that, that signifies to you, hello, Krista, bedtime has arrived. And then My Sonos. You, Your Sonos. At 11 p.m., mm-hmm. we had talked about last week
1: doing a 10 p.m. start my routine, mm-hmm. which I haven't necessarily done because that's early. I mean, 10 p.m. <laughs> is really early. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so it's like the alarm goes off at 11 and that is what I want to be my signal to like wash my face and brush my teeth and get into bed and start reading at 10 or at 1130. Um, but even like last night I ate dinner at like nine. Like my days have such lack of structure where I think all I'm doing is trying to like do things on my to-do list um and that will change soon once i start grad school but mm. i think i don't know so alarm bedtime alarm alarm starts playing the like crooners and cocktails apple music playlist at 11 p.m um And I go into my, I just painted my bathroom light yellow and it feels like a warm cocoon to like do my face so I can do that. And um, I shower after I exercise. So like usually that's not right before bed then, Um, but it's a matter of just like washing my face. If I feel like I sweat for some reason, I'll like take a cold shower. Um, I did read somewhere that taking cold showers two hours before bed for like three minutes, like as cold as you can get it, helps with falling asleep or, like, oh yeah, the, like...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, a rapid change from, like, warm to cold. Like, yeah. Like, uh, increases melatonin production. That makes sense.
1: Hmm. I read hmm. this. I love your melatonin research. Yes. <laughs> and I also love a really, really cold bedroom. When I lived in Colorado in middle school and high school, I would leave my window open during the dead of winter when it was low freezing. And my parents were like no you're we wasting so much energy and heat, but like our house was too hot. Like I couldn't fall asleep. Like I wanted to have a ton of blankets on me and I wanted all that weight. Um to so like God bless weighted blankets.
0: <laughs> um I think we we had zero control of our mm-hmm. of the climate in our apartment growing up. We just had like loud pipes that would start mm-hmm. clanging on at in the mm-hmm. at some point in the morning. But like, other Mm -hmm. than that, I don't ever recall temperature being a thing. (laughs) Could you like open a
1: window if it got too hot in the winter?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But I think it just like was cold. No, it was like Mm. cold. It was really, really cold. It wasn't hot enough. It was always cold. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was just always cold in our apartment. Like the heat only went on at like a certain time in the morning, and so any time before that, it was just freezing. Oh boy. Anyway, sorry to uh, take away from <laughs> here.
1: <laughs> no, realizing I'm very interested. like did. Huh. Yeah, I'm always very interested to hear about the kind of small details that you experienced growing up in Soho in like the 90s. Well, we had, but, like, this, the we had this like,
0: like that. We, we we had this like huge like this industrial space heater that like hung in the corner of one of the rooms. Um mm-hmm. so it was literally like like when it was winter, it was a fan, but then you would like light a fire. I guess there was like a pilot light or something. I don't, I don't, huh. do not understand how it works. But um, yeah, you were a kid. Then,
1: you didn't have to turn it on.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was hot, and it would blow down hot heat. It was like a a, a space heater, but like yeah. big um, for like industrial spaces. And so um, there was a switch, and I would like wake up in the morning and like turn it on and just literally just stand in front of it. <gasps> And I would just stand in front of it for like, you know, until I was awake. Oh. That was, that was my, I guess that was my morning routine when I was a child. It's just like be freezing and then, and then turn on the giant industrial heater and blast myself with like industrial heat and then just stand there.
1: <laughs> I just, I'm like. It's extra funny because I'm picturing like your haircut now, which I know you didn't have, and you just shrunk it. Like I, for some reason, I can't picture you as a kid. Just you
0: now shrunk. Down. I was very small, very very small child. And for some mm. reason, I also thought that like you know, I, there's like a weird rule that I'm sorry, I completely derailed no, our, I your bedtime this. schedule. <laughs> we'll but get back um, do it. The, uh, you know, there's like weird. Uh, specific rules about bedtime uh, th- th- about about children's pajamas they have to say yes. whether or not they're flammable Mm-hmm. which like and
1: buttons are a thing
0: yeah it's a whole there's yeah. a whole thing around it um But so I remember having these pajamas that I read on the tag that it said flammable. And so I would be like, I would not wear those pajamas in front of the heater because I was like, I'm going to catch on fire if I stand in front of the heater in my flammable pajamas. (laughs) Um, I mean, (laughs) who's to say you wouldn't have? I think that was very wise of you. (coughs) yeah yeah we'd also like after a shower or a bath like you just go in your cold towel and like turn the heater on and stand in front of the heater that was it was like a real source of it was the hearth (laughs) of my soho apartment anyway sorry literally so cold cold is good for
1: you for bedtime so cold (laughs) i love cold (laughs) yeah a true Scandi. i love cold Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I can't remember what led to cold. Oh, so I always make sure part of my bedtime routine now, like I fill up my giant water bottle. I make sure I have like a lot of water. I mean, this is talking about bedtimes. There is no clear resolution to developing a bread, ta- bread, bre- a bread time practice, a bedtime practice. Um, I think it's it's a practice that will be working on all our lives and they'll change with our day jobs or where we live and all that good stuff.
0: It's just, it's really nice to think of bedtime as a practice. That is a, a shift in, in just framing that I hadn't considered. Um, yeah. And I think even like last time we were talking about, you know, I, I've like babysat for numerous families that all had their own bedtime rituals designed for the children that were really lovely and um and so bedtime it really is a it's a practice like it's a it's a it's a ritual that gets repeated and um is kind of tailored to the person and their needs and it was just a thing that I never thought about and so now Mm. it's a really it's really nice to like to, to design that for yourself it um, is. Yeah, and I, I feel like my my good my dear my new best friend melatonin is what is allowing me to to, to actually be intentional about my bedtime because mm-hmm. I'm not yeah, it's it's good it's been like freeing. <laughs> well, bedtime, <laughs> where should we leave bedtime? where what's a good? Well, I think it's good. This talking about
1: bedtime in relation to this podcast, I think has been really informative to both of us to reframe bedtime as a practice, not as something to dread or something to have perfect. Cause I think there's something about having like the ideal bedtime routine that gets kind of bandied about and how it's talked about.
0: Yes, I'm going Um, to win bedtime. Yes. Uh, I'm going to get a good grade in bedtime. A hundred percent bedtime. A plus (laughs) bedtime. I did everything right.
1: (laughs) Two thumbs up for me. Yeah, so not doing that, I think, has been really important for us and really, I'm very excited to go to bed tonight now. I will say that after talking about it with you too. And I'm really excited to do melatonin research to find a vegan melatonin gummy. I also have a really, like, strong urge to watch a horror movie tonight, and I know that's not going to help with bedtime, but I really want to rewatch the new Suspiria.
0: Well, you do you. do, you. I, I cannot watch a horror movie at any time of day, so... Yeah, fair. Yep. Fair. <laughs> what are your takeaways from bedtime focus? Uh, bedtime focus. Um... I was really grateful to have this like couple weeks to attempt to create a a bedtime practice and to like reframe the way that I think about bedtime and and I really uh, gotta credit my my main pal melatonin. Um, <laughs> Because you know, I mean, we had conceived of this idea that we the, we wanted to we wanted to talk about the practice of bedtime, but yeah. and and we'd been sort of we tried it for for like a week of you know let's let's establish some kind of bedtime routine and then and we'll 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 check in about that. And I was really struggling with it, like really struggling with it, um, and that was generating a lot of guilt for me. And uh, like I just wasn't doing bedtime good. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now that I've like kind of you know, found a way to remove some of that anxiety by like actually ensuring that I will get to sleep at some point. Um, it's, it yeah, it's just been. I just feel really like happy to 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 try different things around bedtime without. I don't know. The stakes feel lowered a little bit. Yeah, um, which is such a like really beautifully like radical shift in your mindset around bedtime. I'm very impressed. Totally totally i was like krista i hate bedtime and now i like it i like it and i i um i think the next things that i can do are like try to try try the other good bedtime tips like no screens and maybe read a thing and maybe hot shower this doesn't. It's not. This is not the end of my bedtime journey, Krista. What are what are your bedtime takeaways? I'm very,
1: very happy, and I hadn't thought of this before. To look back at to to bedtime routines as a kid and the history of my bedtimes, and to kind of go from like concrete places of what has worked for me before, um, and pulling from that. And using that as a starting point, rather than all of these articles about what a bedtime should be, and that combined with looking at it as a like daily practice of a bedtime routine, um, I think that's helped. Mm. I also, I'm feeling a little conflicted about bedtime tonight because I'm like, I still want to go and read my book that is causing me distress that is causing me enough distress that i've like flipped through to like the last few pages and i now know how it ends because i was like i don't
0: want to sit with this uncertainty but well it can be a it can be a a before bed but not directly before bed activity
1: that's true i could do that while i eat dinner yeah then do many like options. a nice
0: face face thing uh yeah Skincare, yeah. <laughs> you should just call them face things. Fa- a, fa- a nice face, a nice relaxing face thing. Yeah. Yeah, I have enough magazines too.
1: I think my my kind of next next things for bedtime is looking at mindful reading choices before bed.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I feel like the hygiene is there, and then also like listening to my cocktails and crooners music alarm that goes off at 11 and abiding by that and kind of saying that I will go to bed head to bed at that time start my routine at that time and keeping my word to myself I think Mm. that's a
0: a very big thing yeah before before this little this this past couple of weeks of this um whatever we're calling it um bed bedtime thing Uh, like, I, I don't think I've mentioned it, but we have, we, we have pretty finely tuned bedtime conditions that we've created. Um, we have noise machine, Mm. make it, make a good noise for bedtime. We have heavy blanket. Mm. That's good. We love heavy blanket. Heavy blanket, noisy good temperature and so if i didn't go good go good to sleep it was my fault i did it wrong Mm. (laughs) i uh yeah seems like i have it's not great (laughs) (laughs) seems not great Um, seems like i have a not great (laughs) yeah um yeah so now now Mm. it's not my fault if i don't go to sleep good it's um, cause I know melatonin will tuck me in, take care of me, so I can it's do still all the my nice faults.
1: Cause I stayed on YouTube before getting into bed. Hmm. I have to figure out how to make it not my fault, <laughs> or to just put down the phone before when the alarm goes off at eleven. Hmm. The bedtime alarm. But mm-hmm. that, but that's interesting. We both have we both have a lot of we've already invested a lot of intention around the conditions of bedtime. Regardless yeah. of what how they adhere to specific lists about what bedtime should be, we've like found we've we had already been in a place of like finding things to help which helped to a certain extent and then after that certain extent it was like became our faults
0: again Mm. well it was never me who actively pursued the perfect bedtime conditions this was my partner um Mm. who who has perfected bedtime conditions um which i appreciate it's very good and nice and now Mm -hmm. you know you notice it when you're not at home with all of your bedtime tools um yes yeah
1: Nothing but like now being the missing at home piece.
0: Your own bed. The yeah. Donut piece. Yeah. Yeah. Now the the missing piece is in place and um Yeah, it's like the sensation of feeling sleepy is so nice. It's so nice.
1: It really is.
0: It's never and it I, was never a thing that I would ever get to like kind of um enjoy. Like I never enjoyed mm-hmm. The being sleepy it was just a thing that like finally happened you know instead of like being nice and being like ah so so nice and cozy and sleepy and what a nice feeling and oh. it was that's nice. that's nice I'm getting sleepy thinking about it it feels so good <laughs> thanks so much for listening and see you next time on practice practice with Krista and Kayla Thanks to Xander Wickstrom for the use of our theme song, What Do I Do Now? A real bop.